Glad you guys are here tonight. Welcome to Emerge. Um, we have a special guest speaker tonight. Um, this summer, uh, well, for a while now, um, our guest speaker tonight has felt a call of God uh, to go into ministry, to be a youth pastor um, and on her life. And this weekend, she is moving to Ozark, Slozark, Missouri, and uh, she will be attending James River Leadership Campus. So tonight, would you... Slap your hands together for our friend, Kara Ray. Okay, so like Jeremy said, I'm Kara. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so to get, let you guys know a little bit more about me, I have some pictures to show you. So I was born on January 30th, 1997. And you can show the first picture. That's me. I was about a year older. And, okay, most of you kind of know this, but I was born with an extra thumb. And you can actually see it in this picture. So on my left thumb right there, yeah, you can kind of see it. But, yeah, okay. So that's when I was about one years old. Um, but since I was born that year, I'm 18 years old. I've lived in Lee Summit, Missouri my entire life. But if I could live anywhere, it'd be on the coast or where it's hot because I hate the winter. Um, I'm the youngest of five kids, and my oldest sister's 34, so that makes us 16 years apart. Um, you can show the next picture. This is most of my family. My brother's not in that picture. But I have my nephew, Logan. Then next to him is his dad, David. And then my sister, Courtney, is in front of them. Then the two little ones in the front are my nephews, Nick and Matt. And then my dad, my mom me and my sister Chris, and then I have a sister and a brother who aren't in that picture. Um, but I just graduated from Lisa High School this past May. Next. Oh, that's my sister Gwen. And then this is most of them. That's my brother Zach. So that's me at graduation. And then last but not least, I'm probably one of the biggest Royals fans ever, which you all probably know that, and you all say I'm obsessed, which I am. So here's a couple pictures. This is me meeting Escobar. Yeah, um, okay, you can't really tell me that is. That's Johnny G. Vitella. And then that's Eric Cosmer and Lorenzo Kane. That's me and Eric Cosmer. I was obsessed with him at the time. And then me and Jeremy Guthrie. Brandon Finnegan. And then Danny Duffy, yes. And then recently I just got a picture with him. Like, that was awesome. That was way better than the first meet and greet. Um, and he remembered me too. Okay, um... <laughs> Sorry, that was like the greatest day ever. Okay, um, but anywho, so as I was thinking and praying about what I wanted to talk to you guys tonight, um, a couple things came into mind. First of all is how weird it is to say that this is my last night here um, being a student. Um, I've been going to Crown Point since I was in third grade, so I've made a lot of friends here, and um, thinking about not seeing you guys every week and not being here, it's kind of weird to say that. Um, I know going to college and, like, learning in the youth practicum and how to be a good leader, it's going to be great for me. But at the same time, like, it's kind of sad leaving everyone. But before I wanted to get into what I wanted to talk to you, um, I just want to, like, let you guys know what I'm saying tonight. I'm not trying to, like, call anyone out or, like, lecture any of you. But I've made so many mistakes being a teenager, and um, I want you guys to learn from my, my mistakes. So I'm not perfect in any kind of way, but um, I hope what I can speak to you guys, you will learn from what I've done wrong, and you'll take that to heart. So, sorry about that. 
on to what I really want to talk about is what I've experienced and what I've learned from being an Emerge student. Um, I can't remember every single thing that um, was preached to us, but the things that I remember really have stuck with me. One of the biggest things that has stuck with me was this past winter when we went to winter retreat and when Jeremy told us our four core values, find people, found people, save people, serve people, family made of friends, and growing people change. Now, out of those, I can't choose which one's my favorite because in my eyes, they're all very important, but the one I want to focus on is family made of friends. Now, I know you guys have heard a lot about this one, um, but honestly, this one is really hard to live by even for me. Um, we all get in that really, we all have really close friends, and I'm not saying to not hang out with your best friends because that'd be really bad. Um, but no matter how hard you try, you should always try to make friends with other people. Um, I'm not saying that you can be best friends with everyone because that's impossible, but um, I want you to focus on how you can grow your friendships with others and how you should treat your friends that are supposed to be your family. One of the biggest things I can think of for myself is encouragement. And Romans 1.12 says, When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. This one is so important to not only me, but to maybe some of you. I know that for me personally, having friends there to support me with whatever it may be, it makes you feel like you ca they care about you. As a friend, you're supposed to lift each other up. You're supposed to guide each other to the right direction. And let me also say this. Yes, I can say for myself that even that's hard sometimes. Um, but if we're really a family made of friends, we should in every way, every way encourage each other. To be a better person, we should call each other out when we're being dumb. We should lift each other up, um, and we should be by each other's sides. If we're really a family made of friends, it shouldn't we all be on each other's sides. There shouldn't be any hurtfulness happening. We shouldn't try bringing others, each other down. We shouldn't be making each other look like a bad Christian um, or make them feel unwanted here. Proverbs 18.24 puts it in a good perspective. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. If we're really a family made of friends, we shouldn't destroy each other. We should be a real friend, and if they hurt you and make you upset, you should talk to them. I know for me personally, um, I haven't made the best decision about that sometimes. You go to other people and you talk to them about you. Um, if you're mad at someone, you go and talk to someone else instead of that person. And um, I just want to say, if I've ever done that, that I'm sorry. Um, I've learned from my mistakes, and I'm still growing and trying to be a better person. But um, um, when you encourage your friend or you're there for your friend, it makes them feel really good. For me, when my dad was in the hospital this past September, um, what got me through the week was all of you guys, honestly. You all texted me, you called me, some of you came up to the hospital, but what really got me through that week was when I came to church that Wednesday. I didn't want to come. Um, I didn't want to leave my dad at the hospital, but you guys really said, I think it'd be a good change of scenery for you. So I came, and honestly, that was like the right decision to make because you all didn't let me worry the whole night. You made me laugh. You kept me smiling the whole time. You didn't let me think about what was happening, and you all prayed for me at the end, which made me feel really good. One friendship in the Bible that stuck out through a lot was David and Jonathan. First Samuel 18 says that the two had an immediate bond. John was King Saul's son, and when David and Jonathan made a pact, Saul decided to keep David around. In fact, he made him commander of his army. But over time, Saul became very jealous of David. Every time David went and fought in the battle, he won. And you could really tell that God was with David through every battle he went through. Um, 
Saul was so jealous that he tried to get him killed in many battles, but each time God was with David and he survived. In 1 Samuel 19, Saul came up with a plan to have David assassinated by Jonathan and his servants. But Jonathan was so loyal to David, he warned him of his father's plans and told him to go hide. When David went and hid, Jonathan asked him what he did wrong for him to have his to flee his life. And at first, um, when David had to go hide the first time, uh, Jonathan went to Saul where David was hiding, not like exactly where, but close to it, and told him, he was like, you know, David has been there for you all the time. He's always loyal to you. So it kind of changed Saul's perspective. But once again, he got even more jealous once David was winning more battles. Um, So like I said, when David came back, he asked why his father wanted to have him killed. But Jonathan didn't know why. He's like, I don't think my father wants to kill you anymore. I mean, I've talked to him. Um, But they came up with a plan to decide to figure out if Saul really wanted to kill David. Um, David told Jonathan to tell his father that David went back home for a family sacrifice. And if he was angry about it, it would prove to to, uh, Jonathan that Saul wanted to kill David. But if he said he was okay with it, then it proved that everything was wrong, not wrong. Um, So David went and hid and Jonathan did just that. He went to his father and said, um, During one of their festivals, he said, Saul kept asking, where's David? Where's David? So Jonathan said, he went home for a family sacrifice. I let him. And just like um, David said, Saul got very angry and threw a spear at Jonathan, but he was able to dodge it. So the next morning, Jonathan took a boy to the field where David was hiding and gave the signal that they came up with. This is the signal in 1 Samuel 20, 19 through 23. It says, The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid before, and wait by the stone. I will come out and shoot three arrows to the side of the stone pile, as though I were shooting a target. Then I will send a boy to bring the arrows back. If you hear me tell him, they're on this side, then you will know, as surely as the Lord lives, that all is well, and there is no trouble. But if I tell him, go farther, the arrows are still ahead of you, then it will mean that you must leave immediately, for the Lord is sending you away. And may the Lord make us... Keep our promises to each other, for he has witnessed them. So once Jonathan took, the, once the boy Jonathan took with him returned with the arrows, David came out of hiding. Um, the two friends hugged. They cried and said goodbye, for Jonathan had just saved David's life by telling him that his father was going to kill David. Jonathan and David were such good friends that Jonathan basically betrayed his father to save his best friend. The two treated each other like brothers. They truly were real friends. They truly loved each other. And they would do anything for each other. When David was leaving, Jonathan said this to him. Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Then David left and Jonathan returned to the town. That friendship was everlasting. God was with them in everything. They had trust for each other. They encouraged each other. They were really a family made of friends. When we were told these core values, I think for the most part, each of us stuck with them for about a couple of months. Some of them we're still doing great on, like saved people, served people, and how we do serve Sunday once a month, and how growing people change because we change every week as we grow closer to God. But what I want to see more happening is found people, find people, and family made of friends. I know Jeremy has talked about found people, for, found people, find people every week. 
Every time we get those text messages, the day of church, at the end of every one, he says, invite a friend, bring a friend, or tell someone about it. Most of you do invite friends, and I thank you for that, but some of you don't. Um, I see that when we bring new people here, we have a hard time inviting those people in and making them feel welcomed. And before you get any, like, defensive with me, some of you are really good with welcoming people in. But on the other side, I can see that some of us aren't. But we can all work on that. Um, when we went to Colorado a couple weeks ago, we went to Red Rocks for a Wednesday service. And that night, Jeremy told us to see how it felt to be a new person. Like I said, I haven't been a new person at church for a while, so it's harder when you're a teenager to welcome someone in than when you're in elementary school. Anywho, um, that night we got a whole bunch of stares and a couple of weird looks, and um, let me just tell you this, being the new person is not the best thing. Um, that night, uh, I feel like the leaders spoke to us more and welcomed us in more than the students. It made me feel like no one wanted us there. Um, but I even see that happening here with our own leaders welcoming in more students than we do. To expand our family, we need to welcome others in and make them feel a part of it. It's going to be awkward at some times, but it's going to make them feel wanted. If you talk to them and invite them to sit with you or whatever you do before service or if you invite them to McDonald's afterwards. And they might say no and they might not want to do anything. But you saying that to them may make them want to come back. It's better to try than not to try. And think, have them think we're a bunch of stuck-up people who don't want anyone here, because I know that's not what we want. Luke 16, 9 says, here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make new friends. Then, when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. It's saying this. Use your worldly talents to welcome others in and make a friend, because when you do that, you will welcome, be welcome into heaven. That doesn't mean be rude to others, to not welcome new people in, to hate, to be hateful towards others. It's saying love one another. What's our church motto? Love God, love others. What I've learned from our leaders is to be that person someone can talk to. We honestly do have great leaders here, and I personally want to thank all of you leaders for being here each week and talking to us and encouraging us. Um, our leaders really do have a special spot in their heart for us, because if they didn't, then they wouldn't be here. They're here, for us some, they're here for us to look up to. They're here for us to talk to, and they're here for us to lean on when we need them. I have seen many times the leaders talking to a student and asking them how they're doing on a certain situation, or even how their day is going. Honestly, our leaders make an impact on all of us. Leaders, I just want to tell you, um, thank you for all you do each week. And coming from someone who wants to be a leader, you are really someone that we can all look up to. You're all so special, and um, I just want to say thank you for all that you have done for not only me, but for everyone here. Being at Emerge has taught me a lot. I can remember the first night Jeremy was here. I hadn't been in youth um, more than a couple months, but I knew that night that he was going to be a great pastor for Emerge. He's taught me so many things, and I know he's taught you guys some stuff, too. One of my favorite sermons Jeremy did was Redneck a couple years ago. He talked about John the Baptist and how Jesus said he was the greatest man to live. He talked about how to be a redneck, and he said how a bold message emerges from a personal experience. That night he even talked about found people find people. But one thing that really stuck to me during his sermon was, a strong identity comes when you know your role. 
I know what my role is, and maybe some to some of you, but some of you may not. I'm telling you the truth that when you find out what your role is, it's one of the best feelings in the world. You don't have to worry about what you're going to do with your life. You can start looking for opportunities to grow, and you can do so much more. But also, sometimes it's not the greatest feeling, because I know from personal experience, um, you can be discouraged sometimes. Sometimes people hold you to a higher standard, and sometimes tear you, some people tear you down about it. But I don't want you guys to be discouraged about that, because that's what the devil wants. He wants you to think that God's calling is not the calling for you. Trust me, that, trust me by telling you this. It was the best decision telling people that I want to become a youth pastor. If you don't know your calling, you shouldn't be worried about it. But if you do, you shouldn't hide from it either. You need to tell someone about it. Um, like Jeremy said, it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. The strength on how you end one season will determine how strong your next season begins. Whether this school year is your first year being an eMERGE student or it's your last, I don't want you to regret anything that you did or should have done. I wish that I could have done so much more while I was here. So learn from my experience, and if you have an idea, tell someone about it. Don't let it stay in your mind, because you never know if an idea can make a huge impact. I wish that I could stay here another school year and work on things that we can all work on, but I can't, so that's why I'm telling you about it. We can all work on these things, and for myself, I will take this all to heart while I'm at college and I'll work on it. When I come back to visit or I come back for a break, I want to see a difference in how we welcome people. I feel like we get in this mindset of, well, I have a great group of friends. We don't need to add anyone else to it. Because I have even done that before. And I thought it was fine the way I was with the friends that I had. And I didn't want anyone to join our group. But what about those new people who come? And what about those who have even been here for a while and seem like they don't belong? We say that we're a family made of friends, but are we really? Did you come here tonight to just hang out with your friends or did you come here to make a new friend and learn something different? I've, that, I've done that in the past, too. I would just show up to church and get caught up talking to my own group of friends and then pay attention to others. I, for myself, realized that this was time for me to step up and get out of my comfort zone and get to know others and be more friendly. What if every week for the next month you sit by someone different? And I'm not just saying your tight group of friends, but I'm saying someone you don't really know. If you sit next to them, you can talk to them, and you get to know a little bit more about them. Don't just stick to your group of friends. Branch out. I don't want this youth group to get in that mindset of, we're fine just the way we are. Because so many times we feel like everything is perfect just the way it is, until someone like me, who has made mistakes, gets up here and tells you it's time for a change. It's time for us to really know each other. We've had new people come these past couple weeks. Have you got to know those people, or have you just got to know their names and not care about them? Welcome everyone, no matter who they are or where they come from. Like I said, you won't get along with everyone, but you still need to step out and try to make a difference. Terry Parkman said two years ago that we have world changers in this room. If you're one of those people, it's time to make a change. It's time to change our mindsets and be that tight group of friends that the adults in this church can see we're really a family made of friends. That we don't just say, but we do. And again, I'm not trying to say to not hang out with your friends or anything like that. But what I'm saying is once in a while, you need to step back and see if those people who are here need a friend. We have great students here that are great at making friends. So you need to use your gifts that God has given you and make everyone feel welcomed. Don't be that youth group that someone comes to once a week and they never get back 
because they don't feel welcomed here. Like I said, I'm not trying to lecture you all, but I'm trying to speak the truth of what I've made mistakes in and maybe what some of you may be feeling here too. I know that this youth group could do so many great things, and once we're really a family made of friends, our other core values will begin to expand more. You won't be just serving people once a month. Growing people will change more and more, and more and more people will be found. When um, you do that, all you have to do is step out of your comfort zone and welcome someone in to talk to someone, to befriend someone, and maybe even you could bring them closer to God. It only takes a hello to start a conversation. But why is that so hard for us to do that? I challenge you to step out and be different, to make a difference. So many times we're given a challenge, and we really hardly ever do them. But if you really want to be a family made of friends, it's time to make a change. So to end the night, we're going to do something different. Um, We're going to get with someone that you normally don't talk to, and you're going to... um, Get to know them a little bit, and I don't want it to be just a couple two-minute conversations. I really want you guys to talk to that person and get to know them. So you're going to talk to them, get to know them a little bit, and then I want you guys to pray with each other. Pray for anything they might be going through. Pray for the school year. Pray for this youth group, because I love you guys so much, and um, I told you I wasn't going to (laughs) cry, but it is really hard. Sorry. And I just want to say that I love you guys so much. Um, and I'm sorry if I've ever hurt you. <laughs> because I'm really sorry about that. Um, and I promise you guys that while I'm away, I will, um, I'll make a difference where I'm at. And I'll grow as a person. And I'll welcome people in. And that's all I want you guys to do. I want you to experience the great things. I want you all to be a big group of people that others in this church can see that we really love each other. And, um, yeah, so sorry for crying. (laughs) But, um, so get with someone you don't know. Um, It can be if there's, like, not that many people who you don't know here, then... Make a couple groups if you need to, but I really want you guys to try to stay away from your tight group of friends that you're with and um, really learn something new about someone tonight.